Hey, Christopher. Roger, what's going on? I just played Slugfest Games Red Dragon in again. Again? Again, for like the dozenth time. It has to be more than a dozen. Well, yeah, I just didn't know how to go to a hundredth. The game is so good. <laughs> Replayability is through the roof. It's it's fun. It's easy to pick up. Anybody can play it. Um, my seven-year-old plays it. Guys. Very well. I yeah, might very be. well. Um, you can go to slugfestgames.com slash ETG for a little bit more information on games like Red Dragon Inn, Battle for Greyport, High Noon Saloon, and Fishing for Terrorists. So again, that's slugfestgames.com slash ETG. Oh. Well, there you're a guy in a cape. Eh, or a rogue who's sneaky. <laughs> Join Chris and Roger. As we entertain the geeky. The look on your face was fucking priceless. Well, yeah, because we both were going to lead into that one. Yeah, it was, it was like, you're like, uh, it was like, you know, when you play dick chicken. You know, that's, that's what and that the, was. The tips touched. <laughs> we don't play dick chicken. Or do we? Mm. Guys, what's going on? What up, Chris? Roger, how are you? Fantastic. Fantastic. It is a beautiful, beautiful evening here in St. Louis. Went and played some disc golf. Yes? Did yeah. You? How'd that I'm go? sore as fuck. From disc golf? Can't do my shoulder right here. Because, like, okay, I don't, first off, I'm left-handed. Yep. But I throw with my right hand. Okay. I can't figure that out why when it comes to throwing a disc, I throw right-handed. I cannot... I predominantly shoot with my left hand, and I shoot pool with my left hand, but yeah. right is my dominant yeah. But, like, so my shoulder is not used to that kind of activity. Yeah. But, hey... I'm good. I'm okay. alive. That's all that matters. That's right. Other than that, I watched Blade Runner this morning. Not the new one. Oh. Your eyes got really wide. I was like, how was oh, it? Well, I'm preparing myself to go see the sequel. So I wanted to watch the original. And uh, I have to go buy a new copy. What happened? My DVD skips. Oh, man. Now, here's the thing. I think it skipped when I bought it. Because I bought it used. I bought the four disc Ooh, with, okay. with the final cut, the director's cut. Like, every cut of Blade Runner you can have. I bought I bought with that on there, right? But it's just the final cut. It skips. So I have to go buy it now. The final cut? The final cut on Blu-ray has to be bought. But that being said, so I watched Blade Runner, and I realized watching it again, because I haven't seen the movie in years, getting prepared to go, because I plan on seeing 2049 this week. Yep. And you'll have a full review next week. Uh-huh. Two weeks after the movie comes out, because that's how we roll here. Well, I mean, it also gives everybody enough time to see it, so we're not spoiling it. And the that. reviews are amazing so far. Looks like a cool flick. Um, but there's not a lot going on in that movie. No? No. Like, it's, it's it's weird. Like, watching it, there's not a lot of dialogue. It's making you think. It, yeah, it, it's just, here's some shots. Here's some things. Here's a little bit of dialogue. Here's some more things. And it's not an action-packed movie, the first one. So I, just, I was just thinking about that, how Ridley Scott told a tale that, you know, bombed in the box office because of studio involvement. Got its redemption because of the director's cut. And then now it's considered one of the greatest science fiction movies ever made. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's kind of like a cult classic, if you will. Yeah. Uh, it, it's not a cult movie. No, I mean... But that, it's, it's kind of got that status, like The Crow almost. Once you, take away, once you take away that happy studio ending of them driving off in the sunset that just totally fell out of fucking place, the, the movie is visually stunning. But I will say, there is no... The character development... I'm not going to say there's no character development... The character development is so subtle that unless you're actually paying attention to this film, you don't get it. Gotcha. And I find that looking at movies, how they're made now, and and, and this movie, I find that's something that we've lost. Everything has to be explained to us as an audience now. 
Like we want to dumb dumb. Yeah, we want to drill in our head that this is the good guy, this is the bad guy, and and the bad guy is going to do bad shit. And in Blade Runner, there was no good or bad guy. It was just this is what this is his job. This is what he has to do. And as he's as he's doing it, he realizes that these these androids have feelings. You know, and that's I think that's a really interesting point that you brought up there. It would be cool if we got more movies where we, the viewers, got to decide who the good guy was and who the bad guy was as the movie played out. Who's the protagonist? Who's the antagonist? One of the things that I think makes that a difficult story to tell or something that's difficult to convey is, as a writer, I think it would be really easy to pick sides or to uh, to identify with the character that you're developing through the well, course of a story. I think the bigger issue is now it's all it is about the good and the bad, you know, good guy versus bad guy. They've forgotten the journey. We've forgotten that that actually the actual journey is what matters. Our heroes struggle through the journey. And now when we have a clear defined good guy and a clear defined bad guy going into the movie or into any form of medium at this point, it, it's strictly you know the good guy is going to come out okay, the bad guy is going to be defeated somehow. And occasionally you have movies where the bad guy becomes a little bit cooler than the good guy. Darth Vader, Star Wars. We need we need a good guy or a bad guy wins movie. Yeah, Uprising needs to happen. Or what is it, Empire? Empire. Empire needs to happen. No, we need we need a we need a movie like that. Um, I think I think we need a movie like that. I think we as an audience, and this is why I'm really excited to see 2049 because all the reviews have been saying this is not a action movie. It is not a Go and sit down. You have to pay attention. That's good. And, and, and for the past 10, 15, 20 years as audiences, we've just been like, ooh, look at the pretty lights. And when a movie comes along and, and forces us to think, they do it in a way like The Martian or Interstellar to where it's still candy-coated. I mean, it's not hard thinking movies. It's, oh, okay, they're going to do this now. There's been no, like, like watching Blade Runner today, it was, and like I said, I haven't seen it in years, and I was taken away about how much you see his character from the beginning to the end of the movie change, but it wasn't like he changed who he was. He was still that gruff, pissed off person in the first ha- first ten minutes as he was at the end. It's just his outlook has changed. I would. I, I actually haven't watched Blade Runner in years either. I need to borrow that from you. I'll loan it to you um, when I get it on DVD on Blu-ray. Because yeah, I, I need to. Uh, I need to go back and rewatch. I have not seen that movie since probably. Oh my god, probably like 1997. Yeah, well, I remember the first time I watched Blade Runner, it was one of those, like, everyone's like, oh, you gotta watch it because it was the cool thing to do. And I watched it, and I went, this movie sucks. But I was 12. And now as I've gotten older and, and like, went to school to be a director and all that stuff, learning how film was made, I, I've come to appreciate. And then I see what he's done, especially in the fact it was the 80s. The, 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 the special effects in that movie look a hell of a lot better than some of the special effects today. You know, I watched uh, I watched Monster Club with the kids yesterday. That's a good movie. It is a good flick. Um, and Stan Winston is the special effects company. May he rest in peace. That uh, that did that. Yeah. Uh, that did the special, and it was practical effects. Yeah. And they looked fantastic. And Christopher was saying, like, because the opening sequence, you see the storming of Dracula's castle. Mm-hmm. Um, and Christopher's like, this looks real. Because like, it was, and I was like, I was like, Christopher, I was like, they're using practical effects, and I like, I had, I got to explain to my kid the difference between CG and a practical yeah. effect at that point. Wait about five years when you can show him Predator, right? 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 <laughs> I mean, um, so I'm I'm explaining that to him, and then he's like, well, these zombies that just popped out of the ground look kind of tacky, and I'm like, I'm like, buddy, those are animatronics, and they did this movie. It was late '80s, early yeah. '90s. Yeah. Um, and it was it wasn't extremely high budgeted either. That's a cool flick though. 
Like, yeah. it, it's a cute kid movie. Yeah. Um, an adult can watch it and have fun mm-hmm. with it. Uh, the Frankenstein monster is amazing in it. Uh, like, beautiful. Beautiful. I loved it. I, I miss practical effects. That's why I think, you know, yesterday at work, Jurassic Park was on the TV. Mm-hmm. And I, I was just watching Jurassic Park, and I went, you know, the CGI was really good. It holds up. But more than that, the practical effects still hold up. Oh, yeah. And a lot of movies, a lot of times, practical effects practical effects do age. They do. They Well, yeah. I mean, you know, stop motion always got better. And then, and then it seems like we hit the stop button on practical effects. And we have a lot of CGI to take over. That, that's why, like, Del Toro's Pan Labyrinth is so amazing. Because it's makeup and practical effects and here you go. I miss, I miss movie magic. Practical effects are beautiful. I miss I miss it. Well, and if you if you can get if you can do a practical effect right like uh, in Indiana Jones, the melting of the face. I actually watched a small documentary on that effect. Yeah, and that's like a thirty minute documentary just on that. And yeah, they're they're explaining how they created it and how they used gelatin and this that and the other and blew it with hot air guns. And he's like uh, the effect artist that created it. He's like you know he's like if, he's like it it looks pretty good. He's like if I did it now. He's like, I would still do the practical effect. He's like, but I would use some CG to spruce it up. Which is fine. I think that's the issue is, is CG, CGI was originally meant to spruce it up. I mean, you couldn't do Terminator 2 without CGI. Correct. You just couldn't. So it has a time and a place. It's just we as we as an audience have allowed our directors and our movie studios, which are our modern storytelling capabilities. Yeah. yeah. Like like movies, movies today are what radio shows were in the 1920s. They're what books were in the 1800s. This is our medium for storytelling. This is how we are going to learn morals and all that crap. Well, and speaking of storytelling, I want to tell you guys a story. I want to tell you a story about where you go when you're done adventuring. You go to the Red Dragon Inn. That's where. You can drink, gamble, and roughhouse with your friends all in one awesome inn. Roger, you look stunned. Well, I was just thinking about the place to find all the information on Red Dragon Inn would be slugfestgames.com slash ETG. That's correct. So guys, if you're looking for a fun game that you can play with your friends when you're done adventuring, go to slugfestgames.com slash ETG for more information. Yeah, I just think we've allowed our artists become lazy. I mean, even if you look at... There's a lot that goes into doing computer effects. There is. I'm not saying... Um, there's not... But we've allowed our... Like, watch uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula, directed by Francis Ford Coppola. Yeah. Now, that movie came out in the, the, the mid early to mid-90s, right? Yep. Okay, He when he made that movie, he said, we are not going to use any effects or any camera tricks that weren't used in the 1900s when this when this story was written. That's awesome. So that's why you look at the movie, and it's got this weird look about it. That's that, because he's that using... Movie, that movie has such a sexy look about it, though. It does, and he he's like, we will not use anything that wasn't available then. So makeup and the, and the camera tricks and how to do some of the shots that they did was all tricks that they used back when cinema first started. That was some fine filmmaking, though, because that's a cool movie. It is a good movie. That is a cool freaking movie. Anthony Hopkins was amazing in that movie. Uh, now I want to go home and watch Dracula. The, the Wolfman rape scenes? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that shit is intense. It is. It's a tough movie. It's a tough movie to watch. That's a racy movie. Like, it is. It, it, especially when you look at, you're like, oh, early 90s. Because we, we had kind of, I feel like in the early 90s, we had this uh, resurgence of conservative values. Yeah. Um, that kind of carried through until about, you know, 2008. Okay. 
it, it, we no, we had this time where everything was had to be wholesome and good. And Except, but but even then, well, you say that, but look what the nineties gave us. On they gave us Pulp Fiction, we, Natural Born Killers. We did get some crazy Silence of the Land. I guess you're right. Uh, the Cell, which is completely underrated. Yeah. Uh, so I I don't know if I can. I, we were pushing the boundaries. I there. mean, I I'm I because I'm thinking basically we had this huge time where, like. Football players are like, thank you, Jesus. Well, yeah, you're looking at, at, at how they projected themselves. But look at actually what we had going on. Clerks. Clerks is definitely not that wholesome conservative values no, that you're not. speaking I of. guess you're right. I mean. Uh, I guess you're right. It's just that, that I felt like that. All, I felt like Brim Stoker's Dracula was just so. But there's a ton of wild things. Wild things there. I mean, that had that sex scene with Denise Richards and Nev Campbell and Kevin Bacon. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. But man, that. You have a werewolf raping a girl. Well, it's a vampire, not a werewolf. I guess you're right. He's just in werewolf form. Yeah. Yeah. No, he. Well, he wasn't really raping her. He had seduced her. Now, now Harrison Ford raped this bitch in Blade Runner, like straight up. But she's a robot, so is it rape? Oh my god. I'm just asking. I'm just asking. A robot with feelings. She didn't know she was a robot until then. That's what got her all confused. But she fell in love with him. But I'm just saying. I'm just saying. No, I, they pounded it out, and he went and killed. He went and killed some replicants. Uh, that's what happened. Yeah, you're right. He raped her because she tried to leave, and he was like, "No," and slammed the door shut, and then like threw her against the wall, and yeah, that happened. Yeah, you're right. And but but my question still remains: <laughs> Was it rape? Like, if it's a human being, it definitely was. But it's a replicant, so it's an android. It was created. It's, uh, do you really rape your sex toys? I don't know. Maybe depends on the packaging. I think we have a. I, th- I think we now have a sequel to Sausage Party lined up now. Right. <laughs> hey Seth, give us a call. We got an idea for you. We'll hook you up, buddy. <laughs> <coughs> wow. Just saying. Yeah, he did seduce her in Bram Stoker's Dracula, but it was still like no, it was, that's it was, not that's not something she would have done. In no, a it was a mind fuck. Yeah, it was a mind fuck. Mina Harper was a it was a whole mind fuck. There was a lot of Mary Shelley's Frankenstein came out at that time. Mary with, Shelley's with Robert Frankenstein's freaking fantastic. With Robert De Niro, or Robert Duvall, De Niro. It was De Niro. It was De Niro. It was De Niro. Uh, Played the monster. Yeah, that was that was the closest uh, closest version to the book. That I've seen. I don't know. Boris Karloff's Frankenstein was pretty close. When was that one? 1950s. The black and white one. The black and... It was similar. Yeah. Similar. I mean, it was just... And he killed the little girl. Yeah. Which was sad. Yeah. Which was sad. I, have you know you, what? Have you read Mary Shelley's yeah. Frankenstein? Yeah. I had to read it in high school. Yeah, so it, that that book is phenomenal. Uh, here we go. We got a couple minutes here. Let's dive into this, because it's Halloween. Yep. Uh, we're talking... We, we've been we're talking we're, horror movies. We're, we've been talking horror movies now. So I, I think what we're missing now is, is we, we, we've transcended from thinking horror to jumping horror. You've brought this up on the show before. Have I? Yeah. Damn it. Well, I, I mean, that's okay. New. No, no, no. You've brought that up several times, actually. You brought it up last week because you're like, everything is jump scares now. It is. Um, and you're right. Everything is jump scares. Everybody's like, oh, oh. Well, hold on. Because I'm going to branch out more than just horror movies. Everything is all about the jump. It's all about the instant gratification. 
Think about it. Look at the action movies we see now. They're not really action movies. They're like, oh, how can I throw a CGI doll around and make it survive some stupid bullshit that shouldn't survive? We, we are all about instant gratification on everything, though, so it should come as no surprise that with our with our horror, we just do the instant gratification. And I'm, like, like, and I'm okay with like slasher films doing that, but whatever happened to the, the Thinking Man's horror movie? The Thinking Man's there, movie. There is a time and a place for a jump scare. Right. It is not every five minutes in a movie. Oh. Or anything stupid like that. And that, that. That was that was Courtney's biggest complaint about it. Was was there's nothing but jump scares. I loved it. I was like, hey, this is what scares you as a kid, the jump scares and all of that. That's what scares you as a kid, and I'm looking forward to the sequel to what scares me as an adult. And maybe then I'll get my thinking man's horror movie. Maybe. I doubt it. Maybe. I really doubt it. Yeah, I don't know. I I just. I love action movies. I, I don't want to sound like I don't, and I love the big explosions and the bullshit that happens, but sometimes I want to watch a movie that makes me think. That's fair. You know, I was, uh, anytime we talk about special effects on the show, I think of, because we're talking about CG, practical effects, mm-hmm. and all that, I think of the first Transformers movie. Yeah. Um, the CG in that movie is actually some of the best CG I've ever seen. Except the movie sucked. The movie wasn't good, but the CG is... They, they worked on it for like three years or something insane. Like, now, they pump those movies out every two years, they get the CG done in six months, right. and it doesn't look no, as it, good. It, there's, no, there's no love there. There's not. But, like, that first movie, like, I remember going to Circuit City before they, before they shut down, and they had, I think, 720p was the highest resolution you could have on a TV at the time. Uh, yeah. And they had a 720 TV playing that movie, and I sat down because they had this little lounge area and I sat down and I started watching it and I had already seen this movie 150 times but I was like this just looks so good like the CG does yeah it's phenomenal no it's a good looking movie but they cared and I think I think that there we go that might be the issue like I was thinking about as you're talking about Transformers I was thinking about Lethal Weapon 3 yeah the opening of Lethal Weapon 3 where they defuse the bomb in the bottom and the building blows up there's a car alarm going on. what the fuck we live in a safe neighborhood. Don't you know we're recording right now? Damn it! Steal the car quietly. Is that your car? No. It, that don't, there we go. They got it. They got it. They're driving away. Come now. on, people. God, amateur hour here. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Steal the car and go. That was bad. That was bad. We're trying to be professionals, okay? Damn it! Don't you know we do this, you know, for like... Every Sunday. Yeah. We do this for every Sunday. Every Fucking Sunday, you damn thieves. Deal your drugs. Peddle your drugs somewhere How else. How dare you. You sons of bitches. Men crying. That's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> Special effects crime. Crime. We, yeah. We yeah. need to do we need to do an episode where we do nothing but talk about because we do this sometimes. We'll we'll start the premise of a movie and we're like, we should just write this movie. Okay. We need to do an episode where we do nothing but talk about how we would make a horror flick. Okay, so here's what we got lined up for tonight, or, or for this week, guys. Yeah, let's, yeah. let's give you. So you have let's lay it out. So you got this episode, which you know, yeah. This is this is us done. talking about special effects. Blah, You've blah, blah. got a versus episode of, and the vote the votes were calculated. I actually did I actually did get a vote. They want to hear Freddy Krueger versus Michael Myers. I like it. So that's our first versus. Then I want to talk to you about other verses. Third episode tonight. Let's do uh, let, let's do a horror movie. Let's walk them through a horror. Let's movie? walk them through a horror movie. We'll let's make a make, horror movie. With let's you guys. make a horror movie. <coughs> yeah, I'm in. Fuck it, let's do it. It'll be fun. Hey, you know what else I need to do? Guys, you need to go to cloud9comicsandmore.com. 
Why do you ask? Because I know there are holes in your collection that you need filled. I know that there's a CGC graded book that you want to hang on your wall or add to your collection. I know there's posters, there's pop figs, there's something, something geeky that you want that you don't have. And Cloud9 Comics and more is the place that you can get it. If you are looking to unload some of your collection, they are always buying and never disappointing. You can call Paul Gubney. He is the, uh, the man behind the company. Um, he's the owner-operator, Beast Mode. You can give him a call at 314-691-2864. And guys, when you're done over there and you've ordered your prize collection and your, and your awesome new CGC-traded <coughs> comic, head on over to entertainthegeeky.com. There you'll find all of our social media. Like, comment, subscribe. Tell us you love us. Tell us you hate us. Tell us what scares you. Ooh, tell us what scares you. And if you're not following us on Facebook, you need to. Some stuff dropped today. Like that stuff. Like um, it all. Yeah, I mean, our Instagram is becoming more and more active. Hey, guess what? What? There's a picture on Facebook that's very important, and I want them to go hunt it out. I'm not going to tell them what it is. It's very important. Very important to us and to you. Go hunt it out. Look at our Facebook page. If you find it, comment. Say, found it. Found it. Found it. Um, I, I, you posted it. I found it. I know. I know what I posted. Um, guys, as always... Stay geeky.